Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire with me, your host, Savannah Hernandez. Now, we're going to be asking the very important question on today's episode, who's on the wrong side of history now? This is a question that we heard from the left for the entire four years that Trump was in office. Every single person that voted for Donald Trump was asked this and told that they were on the wrong side of history. But this just broke now that there have been multiple fatalities reported following two explosions outside of the Kabul airport, a Taliban spokesperson has confirmed and we are receiving several updates from the Pentagon saying that they have confirmed that explosion. Casualties are unclear at this time, but CNN is reporting that at least 11 U.S. citizens have been injured in the Kabul blast and it was a massive suicide bombing. According to several U.S. officials, they were assigned to the U.S. Embassy there as contractors, the officials said. Uh, Fox News is reporting that this explosion also injured three U.S. Marines with, again, a second blast reported. People saying this was a suicide bombing outside of that airport where many people have been gathering to try to get out of Kabul. So that is the question that we're asking on today's episode. We're also going to be talking about how military members are now being forced to get vaccinated. We have a sinister southern border update. We have, again, an unclear number of the amount of Americans that are still abandoned and stranded in Afghanistan right now. And, and uh, you know, all of these unclear numbers and statements have been coming from the Biden administration. And um, that has led up to this suicide bombing. And this is the situation in Kabul now. So very hard to see. Uh, again, I'm reporting this to you on Thursday, August 26th, as of 1130 a.m. Central Time. The amount of casualties have not yet been reported. But we're going to be going over that today. And then also Joe Biden is so incompetent as a leader that the White House has straight up started muting his microphone because Joe Biden not speaking and turning his back on America is better than anything that he could possibly say at this point. So I just wanted to start the show off with that update. Again, multiple fatalities reported following two explosions outside of the Kabul airport. Uh, those casualties include children and injuries to U.S. civilians as well. Now, I'm recording this podcast separately from the stream that I do because I was having audio issues last night. But when I was reporting last night, I was talking about how the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan was telling Americans at the Kabul airport to leave immediately due to security threats. Now, this was last night. Their exact quote, U.S. citizens who are at the Abbey Gate, East Gate, or North Gate now should leave immediately. That came out last night. And then this morning, we are seeing those terrorist attacks, the suicide bombings, two explosions that have left several dead in Kabul. America here at home, Vanity Fair came out with this headline that reads, Republicans are weaponizing Afghanistan chaos to get ahead in 2022. So American media, of course, is trying to frame this as Republicans blowing this entire situation out of proportion because of the 2022 elections, when in reality, we have Americans who are stranded over in Afghanistan, we have incompetent leadership that refuses to even tell us or even knows how many Americans are stranded over there. We're going to be getting into all of this. So... Again, I also want to, to highlight and remind everybody that the Taliban spokespeople told the U.S. that we must complete our evacuation of our military from Afghanistan by August 31st. Now, we have a saying in America here, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Well, apparently we do negotiate with terrorists. And I was thinking about naming this episode that America does negotiate with terrorists, question mark. But then I decided to think about it a little bit more. 
And no, America still does not negotiate with terrorists because we're not negotiating with the Taliban at this point. The Taliban is telling us what to do. The Taliban is setting all of the rules. And Joe Biden, because he is such a weak and incompetent leader and refuses to stand up for American citizens or civilians that are stranded over there right now. Yeah, no negotiations are going on. So that statement still stands true today. There's no negotiation with terrorists. The terrorists are the ones that are now telling America what's up and what is going to be going on from now on. So our military has to be out by the 31st, no extension date per the Taliban. On top of that, we also have a very unclear answer regarding whether or not Americans will be out before the troops leave. Let's go ahead and listen to this quick clip about Joe Biden being asked if he can guarantee every American will be out before the troops leave. You guys have to listen to this insanity. So podcast listeners, the squeaking that you guys were hearing was the door closing and hitting Joe Biden on the way out as he turned his back, not only to the press asking if all Americans will be able to get out of Afghanistan before the troops leave but turning his back on every single American that is still stranded over there. I wish that I could tell you that in this video, Joe Biden confidently walked up to the podium and said, okay, the Pentagon told me that it's this amount of Americans that are still stranded over there. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do. No, Joe Biden turned his back, not only to the press, but to the American people that are still stranded over there. And like I was talking about earlier, the White House has decided that it is better for Joe Biden to turn his back and say nothing at all than to respond, which is why we are seeing these clips. Thank you all very much. And thank the press for being here. We're going to go private now. Mr. President, Americans are still not Okay, so that dead silence right there. First off, you can hear the White House, you know, staffers rushing the media out of the room. Okay, thank you, thank you. No more questions. Please leave, please leave. Because they don't want the media to have a chance at all to actually question Joe Biden. And then Joe Biden tries to respond and the White House immediately cuts off his microphone because again, I just said it, but I will reiterate that at this point, it is better for Joe Biden to remain silent and turn his back on America than to even speak because that is how incompetent of a leader he is. On top of that, we had Jen Psaki on August 23rd, which was this past, this past Monday. Let's go ahead and listen to Jen Psaki's rhetoric in regards to the Americans in Afghanistan from just this past Monday. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan, it's the way that he has ordered it to happen? by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can... 
Okay, so Jen Psaki says that no Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. Absolutely not. Well then, Jen Psaki, can you explain this article that came out yesterday from Zero Hedge that reads, 24 California students on summer trips stranded in Afghanistan, school officials scrambling to locate the group. More than 20 students and 16 parents from the Cajun Valley Union School District in El Cajon, California, visited Afghanistan on summer vacation. Now, they are among thousands of people who are waiting to leave the country amid the chaotic U.S. withdrawal that has called poli- caused political unrest across the nation. This is according to the L.A. Times. To make matters worse, it appears that community and school officials are only just now being made aware of this situation. And based on the latest briefing by, again, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, the Biden administration may have little awareness of the school group's exact whereabouts. Local San Diego reports put the total number of students stuck at 24. So we have students, we have U.S. citizens still stuck over in Afghanistan. And... um, Two people put these two photos right next to each other and they are only 24 hours apart. Again, that Jen Psaki quote, I think it's irresponsible to say that Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. Just 24 hours later, Jen Psaki quoted saying, we expect there could be some Americans left in Afghanistan after August 31st. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a stranded American to me. And a lot of people are coming out with memes right now where the Biden administration is basically basically going to say, well, we told Americans to be at the airport. It's not our fault that they didn't want to leave. I mean, come on. It's kind of just like we told them and they didn't get out in time. And it's kind of just like, you know, missing a Southwest flight. We did all we could, but they obviously, you know, didn't really mind, I guess, being stranded in Afghanistan or they could have gotten out of there when we told them to. So on top of that being uh, Jen Psaki, we also have the White House and the Pentagon just straight up acknowledging at this point that the Taliban is the official government and the official say-so of Afghanistan. Let's go ahead and listen to John Kirby. I'm so unclear about at the very end of this, so the 30th, 31st, who's going to be doing security at the airport as those last U.S. troops are leaving? Is there an agreement or is it, it sounded as if you were saying that the Taliban will be responsible for security as the last Americans are leaving? No, I said the Taliban were responsible for running an airport that's uh, in a city that they are now uh, the, the titular heads of, uh, of government there. Um, running the airport and uh, the security, I, right? What, what I... <laughs> So there you guys go. Do you think that under Donald Trump, we would be hearing that, well, the Taliban is the official head of the government? I mean, what can we do? We also had Jen Psaki coming forward and saying uh, this exact same thing. Let's give that a quick listen as well. Understand that we have to do multiple things at the same time. That's exactly what any president of the United States has to do. The next one, just as these negotiations about safe passage for Americans and Mm -hmm. SIV holders continue, why haven't we heard the president say the United States does not negotiate with terrorists? Is that still the U.S. policy? Well, of course it is, Peter, but I would also say that uh, there's a reality that the Taliban is currently controlling large swaths of Afghanistan. Uh, That is a reality on the ground. And right now our focus and our priority is getting American citizens evacuated and our Afghan 
So there you guys go. America, we're so diplomatic. So thank God for diplomacy. We're just trying to work with the new government of Afghanistan. That is the Taliban. They, you know, have a large amount of control right now. So we really just have to respect that. We in America now are so weak because Joe Biden is our leader, because Jen Psaki, because John Kirby, all of these officials refuse to denounce the Taliban to as the terrorist organization that they are. And how I saw this uh, funny tweet about Jen Psaki that said, if Jen Psaki did press for the Titanic, she'd blame the iceberg on climate change and say the evacuation went smoothly. 100% because that has been her entire... I guess, persona around this whole Afghanistan debacle. It's just, ah, I mean, everything's fine. Everything's chilling. I really think that everyone's really taking this situation out of hand. I mean, it's really Republicans, as we read in that headline, that are hyping this up. It's really not that serious. Everyone needs to calm down, please. Well, let's go ahead and watch a clip, quick clip. Let's listen to the reality on the ground for civilians and U.S. citizens in Afghanistan right now. See this, uh, this happened to me when I was crossing airport. So that in itself is a very hard clip to listen to and an even harder clip to watch. It is an Afghani journalist who is trying to show what the reality on the streets of Kabul are under the Taliban. And as you guys could hear in that audio clip, that gun cocking, gunshots ringing out and women screaming in the street. That is what Joe Biden left American citizens in. That is the situation for them on the ground. And we've seen so many images of all of these Afghan people and U.S. citizens at the airport trying to get out. They're holding up their papers. The Afghan citizens are holding up their papers. They're like, please, please rescue us from the Taliban. And those same photos of those people who were standing in sewage trying to get out at the airport waiting to get out, they are now dead in that same sewage after this explosion. Awful imagery is coming out right now from Kabul post-explosion of blood and dead bodies where thousands of people once stood trying to get out of that airport. And to make this whole entire situation worse, we still have no idea how many Americans are even stranded in Afghanistan right now. This came out yesterday. U.S. has evacuated a total of 88,000 from Afghanistan so far. 90 flights departed yesterday, carrying 19,000 evacuees. That is per the Pentagon. But on top of that, uh, apparently uh, Fox News is reporting that over 4,400 Americans have now been evacuated from Afghanistan, again per the Pentagon. So you're telling me that 88,000 people were taken out of Afghanistan and only 4,400 of those are American. And no one can tell us how many Americans are still over there. CNN put this headline out last night. State Department claims briefer who said 4,100 Americans need rescue from Afghanistan misspoke. So apparently they said 4,100 Americans are stranded. And then reports were coming out saying 1,500 Americans were stranded. People keep trying to ask John Kirby and the Pentagon or even Joe Biden, hey, how many Americans are over there? Nobody knows the answer to that. And 
again, that, that answer is still unclear. We are now seeing private companies trying to go in and rescue people. This is from the Wall Street Journal. In Kabul, private rescue efforts grow desperate as time to evacuate Afghans runs out. A defense contractor, Eric Prince, is charging people $6,500 per person to fly them out of Kabul. And there's a picture here of people sitting in a pretty much empty plane because they can't pay $6,500 to fly out of that area. So you have uh, people like this private contractor, this defense contractor, uh, trying to fly people out. But more importantly, why do we not have American citizens being rescued by Joe Biden, by our president, by this administration? They're being left to fend for themselves against terrorists over in Kabul right now. And there's nothing that anybody can do. We're all watching in horror as this this entire situation plays out in the worst possible way it could. Many people right now are calling for the impeachment of Joe Biden because they say he's an incompetent leader, that he wasn't able to properly assess the threat level of pulling the military out of this situation. Donald Trump videos are reemerging of how he was talking about um, a quick withdrawal from Afghanistan will be chaotic and this situation would happen. So Donald Trump understood the threat levels, which is why he didn't just pull the military out. Joe Biden, how, on the other hand, apparently had no idea this was going to happen because he's incompetent. And now American people have been hurt. There are several casualties. Again, as of this recording, I don't know if there are any American casualties, but there are multiple people dead, multiple people injured, and there is blood on Joe Biden's hands. Now, Airbnb has decided to come out and say that they're going to begin housing 20,000 Afghan refugees globally for free to help with this situation. And we have several other countries trying to evacuate people from Afghanistan. The BBC just reported today that apparently Canada is done with their evacuations and there are still some Canadians that are stuck over there. And that's probably, I would say, going to be the exact same situation for Americans on August 31st because we still don't know how many are even over there. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that we should, rock bottom, be accepting 200,000 Afghan civilians. She's saying it should be whatever is necessary. And, you know, good on Airbnb and okay, AOC, let's accept 200,000 Afghan refugees. But what about the Americans over there? What about caring about them and the fact that their lives are on the line right now? Because it doesn't seem that Joe Biden cares very much. It doesn't seem that Kamala Harris cares very much. Sean Kirby who is supposed to be pressed for the Pentagon doesn't know what's going on. We are a country without a leader right now, and the American people are paying for it with their lives. Now, Donald Trump put this ad out as a response to Joe Biden's withdrawal of Afghanistan, and it was brilliantly done. And so I want us to just listen to this, um, this powerful piece because it does a great job of laying out Joe Biden as a leader and what is really going on right now is back. Highest inflation rate in the United States. Southern border is collapsing. climb of COVID infections. We amplify our power. We summon the new strength. This is a recruitment Should ad. Should we be embarrassed? Diplomacy <laughs> is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be a Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now, the Taliban. The Taliban are now in complete control of Afghanistan. Complete chaos. How did President Biden get this so wrong? 
Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed. Yeah. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Biden, you destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world! I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. Do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. China is ready for friendly relations with the Taliban. We have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true? They they are in control. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than than. Uh, uh... You're just chanting death to America. So I wanted to play that ad in its entirety because it is very powerful and it does a great job of laying out. Joe Biden's response to Americans being stranded, his administration's response to Americans being stranded. This is not a leader. This administration, again, has blood on their hands. And I am thoroughly ashamed in every sense of the word at anybody who voted for Joe Biden because this is on you. Everything that the left screamed and cried about that Trump did, we are now actually living through under Joe Biden. They called Trump a fascist dictator who's actually instituting fascist policies. We're about to get into COVID news in a minute and how the Pentagon is now mandating that our military, the same military that should be not being forced to get vaccinated right now, but should be being utilized to go rescue American citizens, that same military People are being discharged from for not wanting to get vaccinated. So we're weakening our own military here at home while our U.S. citizens are stranded in Afghanistan. That's what this administration is prioritizing. And I want people to understand that everything that the left cried about under Donald Trump, we are actually living through during Joe Biden's presidency and we are only seven months in. So if you voted for Joe Biden, take a good long look in the mirror and really assess the situation right now. We're seven months in. We have Americans being injured and stranded in a foreign country that just got overtaken by a terrorist group. China is laughing at us. This headline came out from Bloomberg. China warns of retaliation ahead of U.S. report on virus origins. China threatened retaliation against those questioning whether the coronavirus leaked from its lab, a warning that comes days before the U.S. releases findings from an intelligence investigation into the pandemic's origins. Now, why does China feel like they can threaten retaliation against anyone who questions whether or not coronavirus leaked from their labs? First off, COVID 100% came from Wuhan and there have been multiple reports and confirmation that it did leak from a lab in Wuhan. So first things first, China is to blame for that. Second off, the fact that China came on American soil this past March and two our U.S. delegates faces told them you do not have any right to speak to us this way because you're not speaking to us from a position of power. China is not afraid of us. None of the people of the terrorist groups that should fear America do anymore. And that in itself should scare a lot of people. Because if you want to talk about terrorist attacks, that's how that happens. When America is not feared or respected as we aren't right now, then America gets taken advantage of and attacked. 
So China coming out and saying that they will retaliate against anybody who counters their official narrative just shows you what they think of Joe Biden and just shows you what they think about America, not under Donald Trump, because China was not speaking to us this way while Trump was in office. And that is a fact. Now, before we jump into this COVID news, I do want to use this opportunity to remind you guys that that is why we cannot be dependent on the government for for anything, to be quite honest with you, because this government is incompetent, because at any given moment, they can shut off our pipelines so we can't get gasoline, they can shut down our grocery stores. I mean, we saw what happened during the lockdown. Everyone panicked, bought everything, and the stores were empty. So make sure you prepare and you can take care of yourself and you are not dependent on the government. Remember that I have in a um, promo code with my Patriot Supply. You can go to preparewithsavsays.com to get 25% off your four week or three month food supply. So please go check that out. Also remember we have a promo code with Virtual Shield VPN. We're living through a time of intense government overreach. So please also remember to, to get a VPN to protect your data. So that way, if our internet ever becomes as censored as it is in China, you still have the ability to find certain things. Go to virtualshield.com forward slash sav for 50% off of this VPN for life. It's effective. It's a great VPN. It works with all devices and it is very affordable. So I'd highly recommend again that you guys invest in yourselves by taking advantage of these promo codes, especially since we are still living through this COVID nonsense. Now, Mike Cernovich tweeted this out the other day, and I thought that it would be a good way to segue into COVID news. He said, we now have the answer to mom's question of whether you would jump off a cliff just because everybody else was. If your friends are going to do it, are you going to do it too? Well, now we have the answer. I guess the answer for the average American is yes. If your friends got vaccinated, you would do it too. You would succumb to mob rule. If anything, COVID has done a great job of differentiating the people who are subservient sheep from the people who are willing to critically think and care about their health. I feel like the face mask in itself, because we all know they're not effective. We all know they're not for our protection. It's a political symbol. And a lot of people were saying that the COVID passport were essentially like they were equating them to the papers from the Holocaust and how Jews had to identify themselves. But to be quite honest with you guys, it's not the vaccine passport that's that identifier. It's the face mask because the face mask is an easy way for the government, for politicians and for your fellow American to identify whether or not you're subservient and obedient to the government government or whether or not you're disobeying the government. That's what the face mask is. It's not for your protection. It's not for your health. It is a political symbol and a way to identify who is who in America and what you actually believe. And if you are basically autonomous from the government or if you are utilizing them to critically think for you. Now, AP came out with this headline yesterday, Pentagon, U.S. troops must get their COVID-19 vaccines as soon as possible. Uh, many people are saying that military members who refuse to get this vaccination will be getting an administrative discharge. I believe that's what it's called. It's not a dishonorable discharge. A lot of people are reporting that, oh, if, you know, my uh, son or daughter doesn't want to get vaccinated, they're going to be dishonorably discharged. They will not. I've gotten several confirmations from multiple people in the military that it's going to be an administrative 
discharge. So somewhere in between dishonorable and honorable discharge right there. So that's what many of our military members are looking at right now. Um, but again, to that point, we are not making our military stronger. We are kicking people out of the military for not wanting to put an experimental vaccination into their body. And that just doesn't seem like the right move, but that's where we are currently at. So on top of that, MSN is reporting that vaccine efficacy diminished as Delta arose, the CDC report shows. The effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines among frontline workers declined to 66% after the Delta variant became dominant compared with 91% before it arose, according to a report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But remember, guys, that that vaccine is going to be mandatory for you, and uh, you might be double-vaxxed already, but you're also going to need that booster shot every six months because, you know, who really knows? I mean, we really can't ever leave our houses again or depend on our immune systems for anything because this is COVID now. It's never going away. And uh, instead of being healthy, we are going to depend on big pharma for the rest of our lives. The multi-billion dollar companies that are keeping us sick, we're going to depend on them for our health. Now, this video came out of one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, Israel, and it is their prime minister, Naftali Bennett, and he is quoted saying some pretty interesting things about the vaccine. Let's go ahead and um, listen to this clip. It's actually in a foreign language, so I'll just go ahead and read the captions for you guys. He's saying a very important point that the public must understand, and I think that most of the people are not aware of yet. The most vulnerable population at the moment in a paradoxical manner are the ones who receive two vaccine doses, but not the third dose. Why? Because they walk around feeling like they are protected because they received both doses. They do not understand that the second vaccine has faded. So against the Delta variant, and they must quickly get vaccinated with the third vaccine dose. So there you guys go. Further proof, because again, Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world. They are now pushing that third booster shot on everyone over there and saying, hey, if you got one vaccination, if you got two vaccinations, do not feel protected. If anything, if you have a double vax, you should be more afraid because you don't have the third vaccination. That is what is coming to America. The Daily Beast also reports, I don't want to frighten you, COVID-19 SAR, Dr. Salman Zarka told the Israeli parliament, but this is the data. Unfortunately, the numbers don't lie. A massive surge of infections in ultra-vaxxed Israel is pointing to a complicated path ahead. So we're constantly being told that if everyone just got vaccinated, we could all get out of this. Dr. Fauci came out and said, if everyone gets vaccinated, we could get out of this by spring of 2022. Really? Then can you explain Israel to us? Nobody can explain it. It's just a scientific anomaly. Nobody knows what's going on. I, I have no idea. Thomas Massey knows what's going on. Thomas Massey tweets out, inserting needles and chemicals into people without their consent is violence. Depriving them of their basic human rights because they won't give consent is also violence. Those who promote either should be ashamed. 100% because let's go ahead and take a peek at what life looks like for the average American on the streets of America today. Because I can read these headlines for you. But these are Americans' actual stories of how these lockdowns that we've been in for almost two years now are affecting them. This comes from Talisker Sky on Twitter that says, things are getting real. I just lost a good job opportunity by not being vaxxed and my son in the Air Force may be facing a discharge over refusing the vaccine. She asks for prayers and said they would be appreciated. On top of that, Oregon Governor Kate Brown is now imposing outdoor mask mandates regardless of vaccination status. So for all of these citizens and constituents in Oregon, 
doesn't matter that you wore your face mask. It doesn't matter if you're double vaxxed. You now have to wear a face mask outdoors per Governor Kate Brown. It's complete insanity what we're living through, to be honest. And that's not even the worst of it. CNBC reports that Delta Airlines is raising health insurance premiums for unvaccinated employees by $200 a month to cover higher COVID costs. Now, in our last show, we read that article from Forbes where certain companies were going to try to deduct $20 to $50 from their employees' paychecks if they were unvaccinated. And now we have Delta Airlines saying that it is a health hazard if their employees are unvaccinated. And they're now trying to raise health insurance premiums for their employees by $200 a month. This is absolutely ridiculous. Starting November 1st, unvaccinated Delta employees who have health insurance from the company will face $200 monthly surcharges. From September 12th, unvaccinated employees will have to take a COVID test every week while community case rates are high. United and Hawaiian Airlines say they will mandate vaccines for employees. On top of that, let's take a look on at how our children are being treated as well. This is from the Post Millennial. Washington Public School forces student athletes to wear ankle monitors for purpose of COVID segregation. A 15-year-old girl was allegedly forced to wear an ankle tracking monitor for volleyball practice at Eatonville High School in Washington State as a condition of participating in team sports. So apparently she was allegedly forced to wear this ankle tracking monitor uh, as a condition of participating in her sport. And it was required of both vaccinated and unvaccinated students. So we are now in this country separating people based off of their own personal medical decisions. What if we started doing that for people who are obese? How do you think that would go over? I don't think it would go over very well. Yeah, I don't think so. Do you think that people who put their life at risk via obesity, via alcohol abuse, via drug abuse, via sex work would like having to wear an ankle monitor so that we could track them and ostracize them and discriminate against them in society. I don't think that they would like that very much. Now let's keep going on what life looks like for the average American. This comes from a small Twitter account and this tweet goes pretty viral because again, it highlights the complete insanity that we're still living under almost two years into this nonsense. Sarah Moore says, my eight month old nephew is in the hospital and they won't let his double vaccinated healthy dad in because of COVID. I'm so sick of this SHIT. It's irrational and ridiculous. Just so completely exhausted and annoyed by all of it. How much longer must we live this way? Sarah, we must live this way until we're willing to stand up and take our freedoms back. I said this before and I'll say it again. The government will not give them back to us willingly. And until the American people are ready to take back their freedoms, we will never be free again. Jess Turner, who is a right-wing political commentator, I followed her for a long time. So when she came forward and said she got the vaccine, I was actually really shocked by it. She tweeted this out. I took the Pfizer vaccine because I was told it could help me and protect me. Keep in mind the Pfizer vaccine, the same one that was just FDA approved. She says all she got was seizures and banned from driving for six months. Now I've seen Jess. She's been going on several shows and she has been um, talking about her story in regards to getting this vaccination and how ever since she got it, she's been having endless seizures because vaccines do not affect everybody in the exact same way. One person might have a great time with it. Another person might get paralyzed or get Bell's palsy or get seizures for the rest of their lives. You just really don't know how your, your body is going to react. And something interesting that I do want to point out here, the former vice president of Monsanto, because this image is circulating through Twitter right now, 
It's two pictures put side by side of the same man. His name's Michael R. Taylor. And the caption reads, on the left is the former vice president of Monsanto, a company that poisons everything you consume. On the right is the former deputy commissioner of the FDA, an agency that protects you from companies like Monsanto. This is legal. And again, everything that I see on Twitter, I do like to double fact check. So yes, this is Michael R. Taylor, who was a former vice president of Monsanto and a former deputy commissioner of the FDA. Isn't that so interesting how these, you know, former vice presidents of companies tasked with injecting our food and water supplies with toxic chemicals that kill us faster somehow always end up on the, uh, you know, commission or board of directors of the FDA? He's not the only one either. Scott Gottlieb, who is a, uh, another former FDA chief, has been named Pfizer's to Pfizer's board of directors. Pfizer names former FDA chief Gottlieb to board of directors. Very, very interesting, don't you guys think? And let's keep going to a little bit further into this uh, rabbit trail. The Pfizer CEO is coming out and saying that COVID-19 vaccine resistant variant likely to emerge, but that big pharma company would be able to turn around a variant specific new mRNA jab within three months. So there you guys go. You get the Delta variant, you get the Ligma variant, you get the Sigma variant. You're going to have a specific vaccination for your specific variant, whichever variant is in season, whichever variant is the most popular at that time. Don't worry guys, Pfizer, the multi-billion dollar company now, you know, Post pandemic, they got you on a vaccine. You're going to be taken care of. Now, Jack Posobiec posts this from Open Secret because we're focused on Pfizer today. Says uh, Pfizer contributions, some of their top recipients for 2020, Joe Biden, interesting, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, and DNC Services. So Pfizer gifted Joe Biden over $381,000. They gifted the Democratic Senatorial Committee over $195,000, and they gifted the DNC services over $132,000. Wow. So Pfizer, the FDA-approved vaccine that the government, specifically Joe Biden, who received over $381,000 from them, the same vaccine that's now being mandated to our military and that Joe Biden is trying to get businesses to mandate to all of their employees and is trying to force on all of the American people. Yeah, they donated to Joe Biden. So it's kind of like they scratched Joe Biden's back and now he's scratching theirs. I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating. I'm just a dumb middle American here. I mean, I don't really know what's going on, right? I'm just coming to conclusions. This is all uh, just speculation, but it is really interesting how Pfizer pays Joe Biden a certain amount of money, contributes to him, and then the FDA approves the Pfizer vaccine. And then the Pfizer vaccine is the one that is mandated and pushed on everybody. So interesting to follow that rabbit trail, isn't it? On top of, um, you know, Pfizer being whatever it is, we also have an interesting article coming out about Moderna. Japan suspends 1.6 million doses of the Moderna shot after contamination reports. And the interesting thing about this article is that particles were found in this vaccination at the inoculation site. So just to confirm with everyone, there were particles found in this vaccination, but they were not found until they made it all the way to the inoculation site, ready to be injected into people. 
That is terrifying, to say the least. Moderna has so far delivered to the EU over 70 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine, public data shows, and the company has two contracts with the 27-nation bloc for a total supply of up to 460 million shots. And again, in Japan, they just suspended 1.6 million doses after contamination reports. But tell me again how this vaccine is safe and effective. Please, tell me again. Because you know what? And I even want to say this too, because so many people are come down on so hard for saying that the vaccine is not safe and effective because that is not a medically approved statement because it's misleading. Well, saying that the vaccine is safe and effective is also misleading because there are not, there's not research into the fact that it is safe and effective for everyone. So saying that in itself should be just as censored as saying that it's not safe and effective because Again, the research on both sides has not been done yet. So to say for a fact that this is safe for everybody is very misleading. And the American people see that. The American people see what is happening, that the side effects are not too great. And even if there aren't side effects, well, I have an immune system and this virus has an over 99% survival rate. I've seen a couple of headlines today from CNN, of course, from MSNBC and the media is doing this thing now where they headline and it says, I wish I would have take, taken the vaccination. The last words from an unvaccinated American. And then you look at the photos of these unvaccinated Americans and they are morbidly obese. I saw two articles today and both of the headlines read something similar. I wish I would have gotten vaccinated. And then it's a picture of a morbidly obese person in the hospital. And it's like, I don't think it was the vaccination. I think it was the fact that you were morbidly obese and not living a healthy lifestyle. So Americans see this, which is why the Daily Caller is reporting Saints tickets are selling for less than $1 after the team requires fans to be vaccinated or have a negative COVID test. And I thought that this was too crazy, too good to be true. There's no way. So I went to StubHub myself. And the first thing that pops up is a $6 ticket to the Arizona Cardinals at New Orleans Saints preseason game two. You can go and watch a New Orleans Saints game for $6 because no one is buying tickets because they don't want to give into this insanity. And this is a beautiful example of how there is power in the people and in the masses. And until we start hitting them where it hurts in their pocketbooks, things will never change. So yesterday, Krispy Kreme came out with uh, an announcement as well. Before they were saying that if you're vaccinated and you show proof of vaccination, that you can get a free donut. Well, guess what, guys? They have upped the ante and you can now get two free donuts. So guess what? You can go get two free donuts, get morbidly obese, be in the most at-risk category to die from COVID-19, but then you can go get the vaccination so that way it can help you, you know, not have as bad of a reaction if you do get COVID. That is America. It is completely ridiculous. And then as soon as that came out, Reuters came out with this article saying diabetes surges among American youth study shows. I wonder why. I wonder why diabetes is surging among American youth when we're stuffing free donuts down their faces if they get vaccinations and also keeping them locked up for the past two years and refusing to allow them to go outside and play with their friends and socialize. Now, I want to give you guys an example, too, of who the average American is that is still forcing us to double mask and is still pushing all of this nonsense on us. I want to go ahead and play a video of what the average American who is still pushing this unhealthy and unproductive lifestyle of face masks and double vaccinations and lockdowns on people. I want to show you guys what that American looks like in this video. 
honesty because this is a safe corner and I want to talk about something that never fails to get me like really get me and not like get me in a good way <laughs> and the thing I'm talking about are freaking towels so I've been on a journey to like redo my spaces that I live in and that includes my bathroom who knew that finding a towel that is plus size friendly in a mainstream store would be like shopping for a needle in a haystack so I've tried on towels like literally tried towels on in stores and I've yet to find one that fits my body example a here I am in the wild trying on towels that are called oversized bath towels and surprise surprise it didn't fit me are we shocked I mean with the way that fashion sizing is I'm not but it always gets to me, because I'm human. And did I cry in Target? Yeah. But here's the thing. My embarrassment is now replaced by frustration and rage. Is it too much to ask for towels to fit plus-size bodies? Is it too much to ask for you to go to the gym and live a healthy lifestyle? Again, this type of woman right here would be the average American pushing a double vaccination and a double face mask on healthy Americans who have self-control on what goes into their mouth. So she asked, is it so much to uh, ask for towels that fit a plus size body? Ma'am, if you are wearing an oversized towel and it is still not fitting your body, you are an unhealthy weight. And in today's day and age with all the COVID scares, maybe you should consider losing some of that weight just for your own health. Maybe even if COVID wasn't around, maybe losing that much weight would still be beneficial to your health because I'm pretty sure, and last time I checked, it is not healthy for you to be carrying that much weight on your body. But what do I know? Again, I'm just your average middle American. Now, I wanted to cover this story too because the media is since trying to debunk it. On the last show, we talked about how those doctors walked out of hospitals and everyone got pissed off at them for malpractice. Well, now the media is saying, well, it was actually a press conference. It wasn't a walkout that never really happened. Mike Cernovich lays out perfectly what actually happened in this situation. Doctors stage a walkout. It's reported as a walkout. Everyone understands it as a walkout. Lawyers at hospitals realize this is a huge lawsuit that just opened up. The public is also outraged at this malpractice. Fact checkers to the West rescue. It wasn't a walkout. Fact checkers to the freaking rescue time and time again, because remember guys, the media is not going to tell us the truth anymore. The media is going to continue to corroborate lies and manipulate our reality to fit whatever narrative they want. So these doctors staged a walkout. And again, we all understood it as a walkout. We did. Even Joe Scarborough of MSNBC did an entire segment on how this was a walkout. And then once this hospital and once these doctors realized this was medical malpractice, now all of a sudden, well, it was actually a press conference the entire time. Okay, very interesting. We'll go ahead and go with that one then. Now, it's not all bad in the New York Post is uh, headlining that Kanye West Chicago concert won't require vaccines or negative COVID-19 tests. I've gotten so much hate over the years because I love Kanye. I love his music. I've always loved his personality since I was in middle school. And it's because he's a no apologies type of guy. And here I am proven yet right yet again, as this man will not be requiring vaccines or negative COVID-19 tests. Love him or hate him. The man can actually think outside of the box, think for himself, and he has never succumbed to peer pressure or to the mob, which is why he continues to remain iconic. I said what I said. And, um, there we go. I'm just happy that there are some musicians and also comedians and people in the industry that are still willing to stand up for the Americans who have the ability to critically think and don't want to get vaccinated. So big shout out to Kanye West. 
And also, too, just an update on the southern border, because remember that our government is telling us that we're overrun by the Delta variant. Dr. Fauci is saying that every American needs to get vaccinated or it's just going to be a very bad time for all of us. Well, let's not forget that the southern border is still wide open to COVID positive migrants. And the situation down there is not looking too good either. This comes from Bill Malusian that says, Looks like a legit Border Patrol vehicle, right? And he posts a picture of what looks like a Border Patrol vehicle. It's a white SUV. It's got the green stripe on the side. It's got the official Customs and Border Patrol logo on it. Well, he says, well, it's actually not a legit Border Patrol vehicle. It's a fake. Border Patrol in Tucson, Arizona, arrested a human smuggler who basically cloned a Border Patrol SUV, had a fake uniform, and had 10 illegal immigrants in the car, all in custody. Bill Mnugin also reports that last night we were in La Jolla and we witnessed two young migrant girls under age 10 being treated by paramedics. Border Patrol said it was a sensitive situation and asked us to stay back. We did. La Jolla PD just informed us the girls had been raped in Mexico. The reason I read these types of stories to you guys is because this is what open borders is and perpetuates. And this is what the Biden administration is allowing to happen at our southern border. Because it's not just women and children who need help and need asylum. There are cartels that are making thousands and thousands of dollars off of exploiting these people. Women are getting raped on the way. Children are being raped. Children are being smuggled. Drugs are being brought over our southern border. And while our government pretends to care about COVID and our public health and safety and continues to keep us locked down, that's what's going on at our southern border. And it's ridiculous. So looking at Afghanistan, looking at the southern border, looking at these COVID lockdowns and restrictions, we come back to our question, who's on the wrong side of history now? Not the people who voted for Donald Trump. The people who voted for Joe Biden are complicit and responsible for all of this. They are responsible for Americans dying in Kabul. They are responsible for our southern border being wide open and 10-year-old girls being raped down there. They are responsible for the fact that we are now going into our second year of lockdowns and your children will have to wear a face mask at school while the same politicians who impose these restrictions on them don't even wear them themselves. Who's on the wrong side of history now? Very heavy show today. But it had to be said, prayers to all of the people in Kabul right now, to all of the people who lost a family member, to all of the people who have been injured by the suicide bombing attack that happened this morning, prayers to all of those people and prayers that we have competent leadership in America again. Because reminder, we are only seven months into Joe Biden's administration and America is in shambles. We're not respected we're actually an international laughingstock. People like to say that that's what we were under Trump. But under Trump, we were respected by all of these other countries. And we were feared by these other countries. Now, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah, the terrorists are telling us what to do and what's going on. Not the other way around. My name is Savannah Hernandez. This has been another episode of Rapid Fire. Please remember to leave a five-star review. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play. Also remember to go check out my website, savsaysofficial.com for all of my videos, uncensored, untouched, not deleted by YouTube. Finally, my PayPal link is down below if you'd like to support. And remember the sponsors of this show are Virtual Shield VPN and My Patriot Supply virtualshield.com forward slash sav for 50% off for life. 
and four week or three month storable food, 25% off with preparewithsavsays.com. That's preparewithsavsays.com. Go check all of those places out. Go and invest in yourself, in your privacy, in your protection. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me for another episode. I'm signing out.